I've had half a cup of coffee today. Usually by the time we record, I'm like two cups in. Mm. And we ran out. So we, we had just enough to make half a cup this morning. You got to go buy Jimmy mm. DeRosta coffee. I'm feeling it. Oh, I should <laughs> I should have. Sorry. Sorry so for if the I drag plug. a little bit today, that's that's why. Hashtag no plug. Yeah, believe that, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. It's it's spring, which is so nice because oh, yeah. the snow is melting and I'm seeing all the projects that I said I'll wait till the spring to deal with. They're all revealing themselves like <laughs> mastodons in the Arctic. It's uh That's I'm what you see? Up. I see dog turds <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. No, well, we got uh we ripped out the basement. You guys might have seen some of those stories. We pulled up the basement and I also, so we pulled out the basement and everything that was in the basement is on the back porch. And so yesterday I finally started going through it. We have a new slab now in the basement. The only thing we're just waiting for the, uh, the, the guys to come and cut some crack lines in it. But the basement now is like a finished room. It's really nice. Not in the true sense of the word. It's finished for a basement that is 230 years old. It's got a cement floor now that I could put racking on and then organize the house and get rid of some of the more of the uh, like the supply hardware stuff put it all downstairs which is really the whole purpose so i'm going through that pile and i'm picking it apart and getting rid of everything that's on the back porch i don't want to just put everything there right back in the basement because most of it is garbage so i'm slowly going through that and uh i skipped this week for a video i have an old video that nobody's ever seen outside the patrons uh i'm going to publish that video i'm making a you guys will like this because I, I did, it was like an audition tape I did over the summer for a knife for a video game by RA Games. Is that the name of the company? Is there a company called RA? Uh, I don't know. I remember when you made the knife though. Yeah. And <clears throat> I can't remember what the, I can't remember what the, the knife is for. So I want to try and find some cartoon images of it or, you know, some video game images of it. And I Googled a million things last night. I can't find it. I, I can't look the notes when they sent it to me. I can't find the original email. So I don't know what the knife is for. But by the time this weekend comes around, I'll find it. I'll find a picture of it. So it's going to basically be like a cosplay knife. And uh, I did not get that gig, by the way. I was going to do like a couple of... So I did... That was basically an audition tape and they loved it. And the ad agency did not get the... Did not get... Did not win that that bid. So I was going to be part of their little arsenal to win the bid and it didn't work. So uh, I'm going to take this week. I, I promised a local designer. He came and stopped to my shop one day and he says he was having a really hard time finding these legs these tapered solid steel legs for a kitchen island he's making and he asked me if i would do it so i gave him a crazy price and he said let me talk to the client he came back a couple hours later he's like yeah they'll go with it i was like oh so now i have to do it so i'm doing i'm making these legs and at the end of the day i'm still only making like three dollars an hour because they're taking so long to cut to cut eight inches worth of steel down, like take one, like take a half inch off of a round. I got to taper one end down. So I am. The good thing is I'm setting the lathe up to cut, and it, a pass, the deep pass, it's like two hundred thousand. So let's say a quarter of an inch cut on a piece of steel, eight inches long, takes about fifty minutes to make that cut. And every time I set it up and hit go, it takes another 50 minutes. And I'm doing finish passes, that takes about 15 minutes. But those long passes, I'm setting it up and I'm propping the, uh, there's a handle. It's like a dead man handle. You got to lean on it the whole time. So I'm listening to podcasts, scrolling with one hand. And so I put a stick in there, find the piece of wood that fits in there. So I could just do it. And as long as I don't forget, because otherwise I'll crash the lathe, which is very bad. It'll break all the gears. So I'm cleaning the the workshop up. So while I'm propping the dead man handle and kind of keeping one eye on the lathe. I'm reorganizing the workshop. So spring cleaning is in full effect. Talking about the machine shop, which uh, in the beginning of the the fall, I put in that big, that big island. So now I'm organizing all the tools and putting them in the drawers and getting rid of toolboxes, which is nice because I'm getting counter surf- surfaces back. But, so that's, that's what a- I've been up to. I took a week off from making videos just to catch up on life. I need you to do, do that. that. Yeah. And I have like, I'm going to be on the phone with you guys today. And then I have another podcast, work for a podcast. And then I have a, a long meeting. 
And then I have another podcast. <laughs> so I, I'm going to be on three podcasts today in a long meeting with a new client. So I'll probably be sitting in the seat until like five o'clock. <sighs> awesome. Well, this podcast <laughs> yes. is fun. That's right. This is the good one. This Not is like all one. the other podcasts. Just kidding. No, 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 I'm guest. I'm a guest on one and then the fits all is the other. Cool. I, I definitely need to spend, I was talking to the guys uh, the other day about this, that I want to try to get just a couple of videos done so that I have maybe like a Thursday and Friday where I'm, I don't have to do anything so that I could just hunker down in the shop and just clean. And, uh, you know, I have like one whole end of the shop that's been storage and then it turned into like, well, just put stuff over in the storage area. So it's not really storage, it's more of like a dump. And uh, so I need to really pull that entire end of the shop out and organize it. But that's, I mean, it's like a big deal and I have to have a dedicated time. Otherwise, everything will be messed up, not just half the shop, you know? So yeah. finding that time to do it yeah. and finish it, you know? Well, it's funny. I so. joked about that cardboard tube idea a couple of months ago with you. And I said, look through a tube and just pick that spot. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm doing in the big shop, the one down the road. It's It's become a mess. Obviously, there's really nobody there anymore. Whenever we would be doing this, Aaron would be there. And so when I'm here, there's no one there. And so anything I kind of leave out on the table does never gets put away. So I'm trying to like say, okay, this tabletop, everything on this tabletop for the next hour has to get organized, put away. And then I leave and come here and do the, try and do the same thing. So it's, uh, it's working out. Mike, Mike, the fireman has been helping me, but he only comes in like one or two days a week. And, uh, but, uh, you know, slowly we'll get it. But it's nice to know that it's not going to be eight degrees out all day. That's like such a relief. It's beautiful here right now. It's uh, yeah, it's really kind nice. of a shame to be in the shop. You know, yeah, <laughs> it'd be nice to be outside. But we were out the other day. Um, I, I got this deal where I just had to make some footage for a body filler company. Like it's for them to use, not for a video. And it worked out great because I had some of the Carmagia. I had the the hood had epoxy primer on it and it was ready for some basic body work and so we went out and shot this little bit of putting on body filler we got we were done by like three o'clock and the big door was open 70 degrees outside i was like hey do you guys need me for anything else today and they're like no we just got to go back and handle this footage and get it off to them i'm like awesome and so i stayed there until i don't know maybe six just body filler sanding body filler, sanding. And it was so nice. I just had, you know, headphones in, beautiful weather, and just like got to work on the car. It's really nice being able to work with the door open. Yeah, I loved it. That's cool. I want to get out there again this weekend and just do the same thing. Just put a few hours in and just enjoy the work. Like I'm trying not to look ahead at all the body work and all of the, the repetitive stuff that I have to do on that car. I'm trying not to look ahead and dread the amount of it. I know some of it will be fine because it's new and it's, you know, and then it'll get kind of tedious and I'll just have to continue to sand and continue to sand. But I'm trying to look at it as these are opportunities for me to do something and then do it again better and then do it again better and pay attention, more attention every time rather than less attention. So yeah, I'm trying to work on the work know. on the most inconspicuous dents first. So the one, the most conspicuous one should get to last. That's when you're really mm. good. Which, I probably you'll went the wrong find that you want to go there. back and forth anyway. Yeah, I started on the hood mainly because it was good shot. a single piece that I could kind of yeah. sit on a table and work on. And there's, you know, the the pitting on the hood is not very bad. So it was like, hey, I could get this one thing pretty much done and get some more primer on it and then it could set it aside. But uh, yeah, I'll probably have to come back to it at the end and be like, no, I got to start over on this one, you know, make it make it better. But we'll see. Well, until you put the final coat of paint on, you can pretty much do anything. Yeah, true. Over and over. I started working on the uh, with the dent puller. I don't know if I talked about that last time. Did yeah, with a slide hammer. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's pretty awesome. Like the first day I did it, I was having trouble getting. You know, I wasn't welding the the studs on long enough, and so every other one would kind of pop off when I went to actually work on the dent. And then when I was there the other day, I, I decided to take one little area on this quarter panel. where There's a bunch of these little, like, it looks like it got shot with a shotgun or something. I don't know. There's, like, a bunch of little tiny inside, like, you know, press ends. And so I just took a little, like, 
three or four square inch area and put a whole bunch of studs in there to kind of grab all the pieces. And once I started working with the slide hammer, you know, looking with the light on coming across the body in the right direction, I could really see the shape change. And that was really oh, yeah. gratifying to, you know, pull on the slide hammer a couple of times and you're like, oh, look at that. It's like kind of flat. It's close, you know. And so I've, I did one section that I think is pretty good. But now I have to go back and cut off all these little studs that are welded on. And so then I'm, it's going to like another layer of, you know, got to cut them off. Then I got to grind that down. And then I'm going to see all the other things I have to do in that same little area. But yeah, it's fun. It's, trick, it's like new stuff. So a trick, but you know, you probably know all this stuff, but a trick would be to use a flashlight. Just kind of yeah, shoot a flashlight along the body and you could see any, any little tiny inaccuracies. Oh, there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Not even tiny ones. <laughs> there's some big ones. <laughs> But that's fun. Yeah, that's cool. David, what have you been up to? Well, I just recently put out the video on the Jimmy Dress the Toolbox. Oh, yes. And uh, so last week we had that pipe burst, and I had to move the Impala, which was up on dollies. I had to move it out so they could come and fix the pipe. And while it was off the dollies, I thought, hey, I need that was a, shot a good of, shot. I need a shot of Walmart. So it's, <laughs> that was a it, good shot of the car in Walmart parking lot. It's up. in it's in the video for like second. a second. One, but it, it but it took me at least twenty five minutes to load up my camera into the car, drive to Walmart, get <laughs> set up the tripod, get the shot, drive all the for way me, back. Those are the iPhone shots. Those are the ones where I just steal with an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. And the iPhone usually meshes pretty good with the, the other footage. Yeah, the iPhone yeah, shots are always good. So, uh, so it was fun. I have one little worry about the car. Like it, it runs pretty fine, but every once in a while, when you go to start it, it does nothing. It's like it doesn't even want to click. It just abs- does absolutely nothing when you turn the key. And I don't know if something's weird with the starter. So I'll like pull the key out, put it back in, and then it just it starts like it's like it's fine. So I don't know. If- could be a contact. You maybe you could just spray some of that contact cleaner inside the keyhole because it could be just the contacts okay. in the steering column. Just because if the car hasn't been driven, some of those contacts get yeah oxidized. And that's a simple thing. Hopefully, it's as simple as that. So I just don't want to get stranded somewhere. I have a uh, the insurance company that I have the car through. It's for like classic cars, and they do, it includes towing and everything. So I'll be fine. But I don't want to get stranded somewhere, especially at a, a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> You have everything you need right there in the Walmart. They do have everything you need, yeah. I mean, you know, you could survive for weeks in a Walmart parking lot. It'd be (laughs) fine. So uh, I had fun turning Jimmy's toolbox into a planner, so that video is now out. Thank you for that. Yeah, it was fun. And uh, my my Patreon people know about this because I've been talking about it, but I have a video coming up with Send, Cut, Send, and the original idea was to make the world's second best utility knife after Jocko's utility knife. Oh, yeah, and, I, and I wanted one with no no features at all, where the blade is always out, it's always ready to go, but really quick, easy blade changes. So I come up with this idea, and then I go to upload it to Send, Cut, Send, and I find out they don't do pockets. They can only do profiles. And I was like, oh, no, this, is the, this was the whole thing I've been working on. And so I had to come up with another idea, which is going to be an Amazon box opener. And... I was like, this could be fun. I'm not super excited about this project yet because I was all into this utility knife. And um, and then yesterday I started drawing up different designs for this Amazon box cutter. And Sencut Sun has a high carbon steel that you can use for knife making if you want. And uh, after I drew one design, I drew like four different versions of that one. And then I just started drawing like, four or five completely different versions. Like one looks like a butcher's block knife. And and I got crazy. I'm like, I can send all of these to send, cut, send. And we can do a whole video of me just doing, trying different, like the reason this company exists is so I can work on prototypes. So now I'm excited about this idea where I'm going to make 10 different Amazon box openers and and have fun with it. So that is what I'm working on right now. Are you going to come back around to the utility knife thing? I am. I am. Yeah. Um, I can do it at home because the the middle part, there's magnets in there. So the part can't be cut out of steel. It needs to be cut out of aluminum. And I can actually do that at home on my CNC. So now I want to figure out how I can turn that into an interesting idea. And my thought is um, it's two halves, 
uh, cut on the CNC and it, there's a there's a pin in the middle and it pivots. And so it opens up, you can pull the blade out of the pocket and then it snaps back closed because there are four magnets that are perfectly aligned. And uh, it's not perfect. It works really well, but it's not perfect because because there are magnets in there. Like it's sort of dangerous putting the blade in and out because the blade could get caught in the magnet and then cut off your finger. So I think the idea for that video <laughs> is it's not really going to cut off your finger. The idea for that video is like I have I have an idea and I want this idea to be uh, where the viewers could make this if they if they want to. Um, but maybe this is part one and somebody who's smarter than me can figure out a better mechanism for the opening and closing. So I thought maybe I'll just put the idea out in the world, give out some free files and see where this goes. And so it's like a, maybe a, um, a crowdsourced utility knife design. Yeah. You know, it'd be funny. I just envisioned you, if you get five different knives or six different knives cut from send, cut, send, and then we all get different size packages. So whatever the knife appropriate to that size package that you need to open, mm. be a funny montage. <laughs> That's nice. I like that. And like, if you opened a big giant box and then inside it was a little tiny one, funny like little sequences. <laughs> you need a different knife for that. Yeah. The, um, the, the design that I like most that I came up with out of the six or seven is a, it's, it's a friendly looking design. It's got, it's nice and browned. And, and I was like, some people really like sinister looking knives. So I'll, I'll come up with some more jagged edged ones. And re this is just a box opener. So it doesn't need to be tempered and, and, and hardened. I'm probably going to do it anyway, just because people are going to say you should make a knife the right way. But um, I like, I there's a good way to fake that, by the way, if you're making knives, if you're a <laughs> knife maker on, on YouTube, mm -hmm. You could just pretend to put it in and out of the oven, right? And then make like you make like you harden it, and then take it, and you get to heat it up just as long as it makes steam when you stick it in oil. You know, no one knows. What yeah, the temperature yeah. But he knows now. They know, but nobody knows. You just talk about the process. <laughs> so knife makers don't listen to this podcast. Sure. <laughs> we were we were talking about thumbnails and titles before we hit record, and um, I was like, this video might do well just if I show ten different prototype knives on the on the thumbnail yeah, so that's true I, all of a sudden it went from one design to a bunch of designs i got really excited about the project that's cool it'll yeah. be interesting to see how you how you do that we were talking so, about send cut send yesterday about uh, there's a, a thing coming up that we're going to be working on and they do bending now send cut send does and I, I wouldn't use them for bending for this, but it got me thinking about the fact that you could take a three-dimensional object and um, and flatten it out. Like you would make flat pack something. Just imagine a box. You could flat pack a box, but instead of having like tab and slot, you could put um, like really thin bendable tabs in between the panels but then you cut it out of a flat sheet. So you would get a flat sheet that you could then fold up into the three-dimensional object. And that got me thinking about like, oh, if you did it, you know, out of brass or aluminum, something that you could easily, you know, take those those tabs and put a break down and bend over a, you know, steel uh, ruler or something. I think there could be some cool, interesting stuff there. Jimmy, you're muted. I was going to say, did you see my stories a couple weeks ago? I'm designing a toolbox, just like your regular, uh, like I'm, so now we get the little wooden toolbox, right? So I'm trying to make like a mechanics toolbox, which would be metal. And do you remember mm. how I made the uh, the stool about two years ago where all the tabs interlock like fingers and they bend on each other? Yeah. So I'm doing the toolbox that same way. I was doing, I was laser cutting the sample the other day online on the uh, on my Instagram story. So I'm working on that to try and that's going to be my sign cut sign project. But the idea for me would be just like a flat, you know, 18 gauge sheet metal, and then you get it and bend it up. But I'm having the problem of like locating the, the, the holes for, it's not a problem. I just have to figure it out. The right size hinge and clasp and everything that would work with that top and bottom. So you get the whole thing, you mesh the sides. And instead of doing like the bend against a ruler, I was going to put some relief cuts. So it's like, it's perforated in a way, mm, but yeah. not completely. So if you can just if you just bend it, it's that's the weakest spot. It'll bend right on that line. 
So that's how I was going to do that. And it's the idea is that like a little kid could put it together with just a tap hammer and bend over all those tabs. Hmm. But it's wherever the outside edge is where it would be welded is all those tabs interlocking. There's like one every like three-eighths of an inch. So they're these tiny tabs that mesh and then you bend them over and they grab. Hmm. Uh, I did, that's I cool. Did, I'll send you pictures of the one I was thinking of. This little Tony just put out a video a couple of days ago on, a, on a, a bender that he got. And I didn't know that I wanted one until I saw his video. And then I don't know if Facebook is listening because then, then yeah. Facebook yeah, started showing little cheap bender uh, advertisements in my in my feed. And I was like, you can, from looking at the photos, it looks like you can make simple ones. The one Tony, this old Tony had is a, a more... It has more leverage and for bigger pieces, but the ones in my Facebook advertisement feed was like I could just make that out of a couple pins and and some metal, but right. I didn't know I wanted a bender. And now I do. I don't even know. Did what you for. guys? I don't know if I did a story on it. I don't think I did. I bought a bending brake over the winter. I haven't had a chance to set it up because it's been too cold. But I bought a bending brake that weighs about five thousand pounds, and it uh, bends about quarter of an inch steel, and it's it's powered. So you, you set it up and you, you set like how far of a bend you want to go. You can go eight feet long and then it you set it up. So I haven't plugged it in yet because it's three phase. It's going to take a few minutes to get it all sorted out. <clears throat> but going into the spring, it's another spring cleanup thing I got to do. I'm planning on making like furniture legs with it. It's going to be an idea. So if I plasma cut like a thick piece of metal, even eighth inch, for instance, I'll plasma cut a couple of like doodads and then I'll be able to bend them myself. So that's that's the thought process there. I have a couple of ideas of doing like small little production runs of shop shop furniture stuff. But uh, yeah, so the idea years ago when I made that stool, I I made the stool because it was an application, but I didn't know what else to do with it. And it, you know, I just got the idea from old Japanese uh, stamped steel tools, toys mm. rather. Oh yeah. A friend of mine collects all those toys, and so I yeah. got the idea from from looking at those. And so I was like, how can you take this and make it bigger? And so now I'm going to do the similar idea, but just make it smaller so that ultimately in products like I'm doing with the Jimmy Workshop line is to do like a line of metal. And then the way I've done the the tab and slot leather, where you laser cut the leather, and then that is basically self-fulfilling. You could connect it. I'm going to do like a thing where you pop the leather out of a pre-laser cut surface and then you build whatever that is. So it's all these really simple go-together things that have a lot of room for creativity. That's hmm. the idea. That's the yeah. idea anyway. That's cool. Um, speaking of uh, sheet metal, I found out that today I should be getting a delivery of a whole bunch of body panels for the Carmen Ghia, which is really awesome. I or- ordered like... I don't even know a lot of the car. <laughs> Are you going to replace like the entire rear quarter, for instance, like cut it all the way back to the door belt and everything? Yeah, pretty much. And, oh, wow. and, and not like n- not top to bottom all the way back, but just the bottom. Or halfway down. Yeah. Yeah. About halfway down, they sell um, pretty much every piece all the way around the car because that's where everything's settled. You know, it, it has a really broad curve that goes underneath the body. And so that broad curve ended up being a place that water would just settle and catch and everything. And so they all rot. So I ordered most of around the car, like probably three quarters of the way around the car in these replacement panels. Rather than, you know, like I want to try to make some of them. That's why I didn't order all of them. I want to try it. But I also recognize that the compound curve, the lack of sheet metal experience I have, like there's a lot working against me there. So I want to try it. But I don't want to try it 10 times, so I'm going to try it like twice. And so I found this place that um, makes reproduction panels, and they have great instruction on how to, you know, different ways to, to cut them out and glue them in or weld them in or whatever. Got a spot remover, a spot weld removal tool, which I know some people just drill them out, but this is some sort of a, a drill bit that has like a, it has a collar around the drill bit. I don't really understand, but it was like, it came with the pieces I was getting. Oh, yeah. It's got like the little metal centerpiece. 
that yeah. stays in the dots. Yeah, so it's for cutting yeah. the weld out. It, it's basically right. like a hole saw that's only like three-eighths of an inch in diameter. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of places on the car where uh, it's just spot welds that go around like to, to keep the, the floor pans to the center channel and stuff like that. So rather than having to just work through drilling out, you know, 100 spot welds, I can use this little thing. So I'm excited to get that shipment in today because then it's one less excuse I have, you know, to get stuff done on the car. And and then I'll have like a pile of things that I can do rather than right now I'm kind of looking for, well, what can I do at this stage? Before I prime things, what, you know, what do I need to do? And that's why I'm like trying to pull dents and work on body filler on the stuff that's not the body, you know, the hood and the other panels and stuff. So pretty excited about that. It was a lot of money uh, for all those pieces. And I mean, I know that I, I could have saved that money and just done the work of the body work, just the sheet metal stuff myself. But I don't know, like there's a trade off of how, you know, how long do I want this thing to be in the garage? <laughs> and at what point do I want to actually turn it back into a car? Um, and so putting that money into buying some pre-made stuff is helping move that along. But yeah. And don't, don't, don't feel like you're cheating because that's what everybody does. No, I don't feel like I'm cheating, but I want the experience of yeah. of all of the parts, you know. Yeah. Uh, I want to try all of the different I I this is probably a bad thing, but I want to try the the welding in a panel and also gluing in a panel because those are yeah. two things that no matter who you talk to, one person says, "Well, the other one's wrong." You know, and so I kind of want to try them both just to have tried them both, and that means one of them will fail eventually probably or not, right. I don't know. Um but yeah, I really want to give all of this stuff a shot so that I've done it, so that I can decide in the future how I want to, you know, which method I want to use on whatever's next. So I love that you're kind of taking it and just turning it into a learning experience. That's so cool. Kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I do look at, you know, everybody's into different stuff. I get it. But I do look at people that, you know, older guys I know here in town who have really awesome old cars. And... I look at how they handle that, and there's some people that are doing it like I'm doing it. Nut for bolt, they they go all the way in, and they do all the work themselves, and they do all, you know. And then there's everybody along the spectrum, and then there's somebody at the other end that's like, I bought a car, and then I gave it to that guy. Mm -hmm. And then six months later, after $100,000, I got it back, and now I have a mint 59 whatever. And, you know, I mean... People are putting in and getting out what they want, and that's awesome. Um, I, I, went I want to, to end up with a car, but I want to learn a whole lot of yeah. stuff along the way. So I went to a couple of car shows last fall. You know, I, I wanted, I wanted, to, I wanted to get throw myself into that environment, and I would see a couple of these cool cars, and I was, and I just strike up a conversation. I'm like, "How did you do that?" Or you know, "What was your thought?" Or "Did you do that?" And a couple of times, the guy's like, "No, I just had somebody else do it," and I was just like. It was disappointing to me, but I totally get like that's not them. They don't want to. They they just want the nice car, uh, and they'll pay somebody else to do that. I want the experience of yeah. doing it and being able. I was to gonna. Say it you you reminded me. We don't necessarily have a subject, but this is a funny concept to consider. Occasionally, like I've been to these canoe meetups, right, and and I see these canoes that are impeccably handmade, and I say wow, that's beautiful. And are you a woodworker? He goes, no, no, I'm a doctor. It's the first thing I ever made by hand. And But because they've never, ever done anything by hand, they do it exactly the way they read online or exactly the way they've read in books. They do it exactly the right way. Whereas somebody like me has experience, I cut all kinds of corners because I know what I can get away with. And so when I compare something to somebody that's never done anything versus me that's done a lot of different things, I like oh my God, it's, it's absolutely incredibly perfect. Hmm. Mine doesn't look nearly as perfect as yours, like match grain, everything. And it's, I've noticed the same thing in, in automobile restoration where you, you go to these meetups and you talk to some guy and you go, did you, he goes, I did everything myself. I go, what do you do for a living? Goes, I'm an insurance salesman. I'm like, this is the first thing I ever worked on. You know, it's, it's a rare occasion, but when you do meet somebody that has like a hundred point show car and they, you find out they did everything themselves, but it's the only thing they've ever done. It's because of the meticulous approach and also the idea of somebody that just fearlessly jumps in but wants to do it right because they don't have enough experience to cut corners and then they don't want to cut corners. So I noticed that with like 
first-time small craft boat builders and and a, and a couple of restoration guys that I've encountered over the years. I'm a and, little good. sorry. No, uh, I and, I, and I think Bob, you're 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 in that. I think you're in that category, and and you obviously can cut corners because you understand material and stuff. But the fact that you dove into this car and completely like the if I had to pull the wiring out of a car, I would basically just say, okay, that's it, I'm done. Car. <laughs> that car is dead. <laughs> that car has the soul is out of that car. I no longer want it. But you know, you pull the wiring out and everything, and you pull it up and off, and I was just like, wow, Bob's like one of those dudes that just does it completely and i and i can imagine it's going to come out really good i hope so but i i i feel that i'm in that place that you're talking about the cutting corner thing so with this car i'm actively consciously trying not to be fast right well you you have videos to make and stuff so you're in a different type of thing whereas like these guys would have done them really just as a sole hobby or just hide from their wife you know you're doing it for a different purpose so true but the flip side of that is that yes i have to make videos and so I could rush through the bodywork or rush through the skip over this thing because I've got to get a video done. And people are, you know, asking when the next gear video is every time because it's several months in between, and that's because like I'm really trying not to cut the corners. I I don't want I haven't always wanted a terrible gear. I've always wanted a gear, and this is my chance to actually like do the thing in the right way. And so when I was um when I was first married, maybe uh, second year we were married. It was like almost 20 years ago. Uh, I got this this Vespa. And I've talked about the Vespa on here before, but like it's a 1962 uh, 120cc or 125cc Vespa from Italy. And my friend, his brother worked at a Vespa company. They would, like a shop, they would go to Italy and bring back a container full of old Vespas they'd buy off the side of the road for That's dollars, cool. you know. And so they'd bring them back, and then they'd restore them in shop, and they'd sell them in Santa Barbara. And so I knew that they were making this trip, and I asked him if I could kind of scoop one off of the container before they started doing restorations. I could get it at, like, a kind of cost. So I get this Vespa that is from the streets of Italy to Santa Barbara, off the crate, or off the container on a crate, Shipped to Kentucky or shipped to Georgia. I was in Georgia at the time. I get this thing and I don't have really any tools. I don't have any space. I have a shed that's half as big as this room. Not and a third of the big as this room. This tiny little thing. And I didn't have the right tools, but I and I didn't have any experience with it. And so I wanted to completely rip that thing apart and rebuild it. And I ended up building a paint booth in somebody's garage that I knew to be able to do it and all this stuff. But the reason I'm saying this is because now when I look back at it, I'm like, man, I just barely made that thing work. I just barely turned it into something better than it was when I got it. You know, <laughs> I mean, I got it running and it, it had some you paint still on have it, it right? but I still, yeah, I still have it. And it's on the list. Like it's probably after the Gia, I'm going to yeah. completely take it apart. And now I know how to put the floor pan back in the right way. And now I know how to do the wiring and I can, you know, so it's, it's like, for me, it's a very different situation to when I remember the, the Vespa and how I was struggling to afford the right pieces for the brakes, you know, (laughs) like I really didn't have any business paying for this little scooter thing that I I was newly married, uh, renting a house. And I just, I shouldn't have done it, but I did, and I did it to a certain de- low degree. And now I'm looking at that, going like, now I have access, and I have experience, and I have, yeah, you know, access to people who already know the stuff that I don't know, whereas I didn't before. I was kind of on, right. on an island, and so I'm trying to do it this it, the correct way. And then I also am looking forward to going back to the Vespa, hmm. even though it looks from ten feet away like it's in pretty good shape. I'm ready to take it all the way down and then bring it all the way back. And then probably sell it because I'm never going to drive it. <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about the other thing that you got? No. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not yet. That'll be down the road if it happens. It's not a for sure thing. But, oh, um, it's a for sure thing. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it would be an act of God but it, if it's not a for sure thing. But, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a future project. I just actually, you, you reminded me, I got my Vespa the other day. It's been sitting in the back of the shop. Aaron would always start it up and drive it around the parking lot to make sure the battery wouldn't die. And I haven't started it since uh, since the middle of the summer. And so I finally, I switched the battery out. I tried to charge the battery 
over the last couple of weeks and it wouldn't take a charge. So I bought a new battery, a tractor supply, swapped it out, happened to have the right size battery and started right up, which is great. And uh, the gas in it is probably the gas that I put in it the last time I was in New York City, which is in 2017. So I need to go buy gas. But the problem is, this is, it's just, it's amazing how things deteriorate when you do absolutely nothing to them and they just sit there. I can't open the seat to access the gas tank mm. because the electrical button doesn't open the seat anymore. So I got to figure out how to pop the seat open. And then I also have on the list of things to do to make a leather seat for it because the seat is all deteriorated. So that might be a, an upcoming video is to do the leather seat for the Vespa. But uh, I have to pop the seat open. I'll be able to do that, but I just have to spend a few minutes. But I, I was able to I couldn't even push it because both tires were relatively <laughs> Yeah, flat. that's the way mine were recently. <laughs> and and from sitting, the rust, I guess the hot and cold and the, you know, the, the, the brake calipers rust, I couldn't even push it. It wouldn't the wheels no. wouldn't even turn. Oh, wow. And then I couldn't get it off the kickstand because the kickstand wouldn't fold up. <laughs> I like pushed it and the kickstand was just like, uh, don't push me. Uh. And I finally got it and I had to lean it to its side so that the kickstand would fold completely up. And uh, the only way for me to move it, I couldn't push it because I'm too old. You just put some Marvel's Mystery Oil in a spray can and just squirt the whole thing. Like I try, I tried doing that, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I was able to get, finally get it started and just kind of force it. It was just like, and I drove it to the front of the shop with flat tires and I got new air in it. And I got it going. And I drove it around the parking lot a few times. But now that's ready to go and I'm just going to get it ready for in the next few months. I'll do a, a seat video repairing the seat. But it's still I you guys know the saga of my stolen Vespa when the day I cut my my pinky at in this is going back into March of 2010 I was riding the Vespa around that day and I parked it in front of my apartment house and hung my $500 full face helmet on the rearview mirror and that later that day I got injured ended up going to the hospital for 3 days and I get out of the hospital and it's the day of my birthday April 3rd and that morning I get out of the hospital and I'm bandaged. And, and I, did, I said to my buddy, I said, I don't even know if my Vespas got stolen or taken by the city because it was parked on the wrong side of the road for two days. So, you know, went back and forth, alternate side. And I go up to my, I get out of a cab at my house and my Vespa's still fine. My helmet is still hanging on the mirror. The neck isn't locked. I never locked the neck. So <clears throat> three days it sat in the street on its own and didn't get a ticket. <laughs> it didn't get stolen. All I had to do was lose my thumb or pinky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that night, I never use it because I'm in a cast now and I can't move it. I need help to move it. And uh, I wake up in the morning and it's gone. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it got stolen. I was in the hospital for three days, uh, two days, and I wake up oh. and it's gone. And it was stolen. And that was it. Oh, it was man. gone. And I've so never I heard report- that story. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. So I reported stolen. And... Uh, I uh, I said I, somebody says to me, I, I somebody knew it was mine. They go, did you have a Vespa here? I go, yeah. They go, yeah. We saw a couple of kids pushing it down towards the river. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's the problem. I left the neck unlocked, and so now it's missing for like ten days. And I get a call from a buddy of mine who I know from the neighborhood, and he says, he goes, yo, he goes, your Vespa's missing. I go, yeah. He goes, I'm looking at it right now. He goes, did you sell it? I go, no, no. I go, I stole. It got stolen. He goes, oh, okay. He goes, because I'm looking at it right now. It's leaning on a park bench inside of one of the projects, which is about a mile from where I live, on the river, actually right next to the New York Post building, if anybody knows where that is. And uh, he goes, I'm looking at it right now. He goes, come on down. He goes, we'll throw it on your truck. So I pull up, me and Willie go down there. We go down and the Vespa's leaning on a park bench with tools all around it. And somebody was trying, because you can't, if you can't steal a modern Vespa, they have like some sort of things in it. There's no way you can get it started unless you're a Vespa mechanic. And if you're a Vespa mechanic, you wouldn't steal one. You probably already have one. But there's all types of like shutoffs, security systems. So you just cannot jump it. And whoever, the couple of kids had it and they pulled the, they pulled back the, the shroud around where your knees go. So it was bent backwards to get at the ignition and the trim was broken off. They were trying to get at the ignition, the electronics, like very clumsily, everything was broken and peeled back. And so Willie, me and Willie and a couple of the guys that that found it, we picked it up and threw it on the back of my my truck and I brought it back. Was the helmet still on uh, it? No, the helmet oh. was gone. It was missing. <laughs> but uh 
Uh, that's a funny question. So I, <clears throat> I took it straight over to the Vespa in Brooklyn, and then they rebuilt it for me. But they, they called me, and they said, we could make it look perfect, or we have extra parts that are laying around that don't match. And I said, use the unmatched parts. I don't care. And so my Vespa, it looks like it looks like a 1970 mm. Nova from the Lower East Side. It's got like <laughs> different colored patch panels on it because of that repair they did. So they got it going and we put that's a new funny. ignition in it and they got it fixed up. But the panels don't match. And that's the reason why. Because you look at it and go, looks like a junkyard Vespa, but it's yeah. all correct. It's just not painted. Speaking of injuries, let's talk about your burn. Oh, you saw my oh, burn my yesterday. Goodness. Look, yeah. Someone says I look like my finger looks like a shark now. Through the glove. Yeah, I was. I'm cutting these table legs made out of solid steel, and the the cuts are taking so long. And so there was a big piece of uh, chip, which was, it was like 12 inches long, and it was way away from the piece of material. So I just didn't expect it to be so hot, and I just kind of went to move it. I didn't actually try to grab it because grabbing it would be stupid. And I went to move it, and it just literally just like like a laser. It went right through the glove and burned my finger. And I felt it. I kept working because I was in the middle of the cut. I couldn't really stop what I was doing. And so I just pinched my fingers to hold whatever the cut. I didn't know if it was cut or burn. But ultimately, you live, you know, that's another, like I said to uh, my friend Chris, I said, another day in the office. But I live. But someone said, my, my fingernail looks like a shark, like a hammerhead shark. From <laughs> it does. It does. That's <laughs> amazing. You know, I thought about you the other day because uh, I was on a phone call with this company and my agent. And this company, it was for the body filler thing that we were doing. And th- they were telling us about the footage that they needed and, like, the shots that they needed and stuff, what they're doing. And they were just reading through this list of kind of boilerplate you know, like don't put any logos on your shirt and don't do this and don't do that. And make sure that your hands are in... I don't remember how they said it, but it was like, make sure your hands uh, look nice. And my agent jumps in and he was like, well, you know, he like works with his hands all the time. And if he has a cut, he has a cut or if he has a whatever. And I immediately thought about Jimmy and I'm like, oh, man, they would not even talk to him about this conversation. (laughs) He could not get this deal simply because his hands looked like they went through a meat grinder. (laughs) But my hands look usually pretty good, but when I'm showing Instagram stories. They don't look great because they're not clean. Yeah. And these people were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we know you. It's just it's just language we have in this document. It's no big deal. But Yeah, like you don't want to show like a like a cut-off finger with like a bloody bandage on the end. Yeah, of it. they were like, just make sure there's no blood. If nothing's bleeding. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I think it should be all right. We should do it. Tw- Although, looking at my hands, I have like, I get these weird paper cut things. I don't know how they happen. But on the tips of my fingers, just like on the pad... I that's get from a lot counting of all your money, Bob. Really, that's <laughs> oh, that's what it is. It's all that YouTube money. Yeah, it's I get these weird little paper cut things across the tips of my fingers, and I don't feel them. I just all of a sudden have paint in them, or some it's all those fresh hundred dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, no, my fingers tips crack constantly. Especially, I mean, now we're going into the summer and spring. It'll be better, but the winter, I just there's nothing I can do about it. I just try and use all the ointments and remedies yeah. that you see at cash registers at, at hardware stores, but one of, it's still not One enough. of the things that I like to do is uh, that, that green working hand stuff, I'll put it on my cracked fingers and then I'll put on rubber gloves for like a half hour. Yeah. And it just, it's like a, a, it feels so good in the wintertime when your hands are all, all cracked. I um, was working on the go-kart engine last week and there's a, I was putting some header wrap on the header and I had no idea. It, it just looks like this cloth wrap that you put on a header. And I just grab it with my bare hands and I start wrapping it around. And all of a sudden, my all both my hands oh. were just like full of <clears throat> like glass fibers. And it was oh, it yeah. was so awful. It was such a dumb, dumb move. I used to have that stuff on the Harley. So same exact thing yeah. happened to me. We should do a, a Twitter poll of how many of our listeners have uh fingernail brushes in their shower because Work with oh, all yeah. the grease and, and dirt. That's the <laughs> yeah. only way I can get it off my hands. Well, it's funny. I have, you know, the things that you rub on your, you see them, I get them at CVS. You use them to, women would use them to soften the heels of their feet. Oh, a little it's like stone. A, it's like a little, yeah, like a stone with like a little plastic handle. I use those to clean my hands. And it's funny, all day long I'm texting, I'm trying to, and like my hands are so dry and there's like little hangnails all over my thumbs and stuff. And I can't type very well. So I try and do talk to text. And then at the end of the day, <clears throat> I scrub my hands clean, like almost raw. My hands are clean. And I open my phone and it works perfectly. 
just because throughout the day my hands are just like have like yeah. a shell of like dirt and dry skin on them and at night when i scrub my hands clean it's like oh man it's such a breeze to be able to communicate on the phone <laughs> your voice to text works just as well with clean hands as no it no it ne- never works ever that's the problem it's like i try and do voice to text and i look at it and i'm like I'm going to get in trouble if I send that. And then I got to go in and correct it with my dry sc- thumbs and nothing works. Yeah, you can never so, get that cursor just, where I you delete want the whole it. thing yeah. and I just go, I, I delete the whole thing and I go, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to say. yeah. Simplified. I found a thing, and, and this may be old news. I don't know. And maybe we've already talked about this, but I found a thing in the iPhone because we hired Megan. I, t- I talked about that recently, but she spells her name M-E-I-G-H-A-N. So every person I've ever met named Megan spells their name differently. There's like a million Megans, Megans, Megans. There's a bunch of them. In the Contacts app, if you go to a person and then you scroll all the way down, uh, you there's a field. You can add fields. And if you add a field, there's a phonetic f- first and last name pronunciation and a pronunciation name. So you can... Whoa, I didn't know that. So if you go to... Yeah, you go to a contact... And then edit the contact, go all the way to the bottom, there's an add field thing. So you can add a field to a contact. And some of the options are phonetic, first name and last name, pronunciation, first name and last name. So you can huh. have Siri pronounci- pronunciate, pronounce the <laughs> name like correctly, and you can make it so that she can understand what you're saying when you phonetically say someone's name, if you or a word or you know, whatever. So I guess in this case it would just be a name. Yeah, I didn't either, but... It makes it so that when I say her name now into voice text, it will replace it with her spelling of Megan rather than every other spelling of Megan. So that's how I found it. I never noticed the add field button. Yeah. And there's even like a nickname field. I don't know. Huh. So. Oh, the more you know. Put my nickname is something super cool. Go ahead. (laughs) There's another thing where you can, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but you can add emojis to people's contact names so that when they show up in your like in your favorites and stuff they have a little uh emoji next to them did you know that yeah so like uh destin in my phone has a little rocket next to his name my wife Uh has a heart stuff like that so (laughs) when i get a text i see the icon not just the text you get a visual yeah anyway yeah anyway there's that little now you know more about your iphone segment that we do every week <clears throat> well um we're like 47 minutes in and we didn't really have a topic do you guys have anything else you want to talk through or mm-hmm. anything else i did you know hold on you know what let me show oh, you i didn't talk about what i w- did this week i'll, I'll do talk, that i'll get some okay I gotta, so i gotta use the, headphones the video oh he has wired headphones I like how he's walking backwards <laughs> yeah. facing the camera, even though that was he doesn't weird. have headphones on anymore. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> what, walk backwards? Because my pants yeah, are falling down. Yeah, you walked backwards. Show you guys oh, my, uh, oh, your pants are falling down. Okay, I appreciate that. I got no belt on. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to flash you guys. What I was going to say, this weekend, I didn't really, I just did one quick little story on it, but last weekend for me was all about blacksmithing. I did that. I did that uh, meat cleaver, which is in the video. And then this weekend we had at the Blackthorn, we had a a get-together, a blacksmithing get-together again. And whenever I go to these things, I always try to make at least one thing just to to be involved. And I made this, this cool, you see what that is? This is a, uh, you know, it's like a steak fork flipper. I always make a knife so everybody jokes. I'm like, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do something with two sharp points, not just one. And so I, I made a steak flipper do. But... What's what was cool about this for me is that this was a, a, a rasp that uh, a rasp that you would you know like an old horseshoe uh, working rasp uh, we call it a, a blacksmith sh- a guy that would shoe horses and when those rasps go dull notoriously they end up in the blacksmith pile and so I took a rasp and I completely transformed the shape of it and for me this was a huge learning experience and I went into it completely with just the idea of I'm going to experiment. And my first experiment was to see the rasp was about two inches wide. And I said, let me try and see if I can compress that two inches as skinny as possible and maintain. So I was able to compress the whole thing this way. So now that the center rod is about three eighths of inches square. And by the way, this was half of a rasp. It was snapped in half. So it started out as a piece that was half as long as it is. It was, it was like maybe 
eight inches by two inches. And now it's this thing. It's, it's just like 18 inches by like, it's just like a big, it's like a barbecue fork basically. So for me, this was a huge learning experience this weekend. You know, I just went into it completely. Like, I'm not sure what I'm doing. Everybody kept coming over to me and they're like, I'm going to try and make a barbecue fork, but I don't really know what it's going to look like. But it really was a great, for me, it was a great example. And even the meat cleaver, because I was coming right off of that. And then I went right into this. The idea of just starting without, you know, this is redundant, but sometimes people need to be reminded of just start. You don't need a clear vision. Just start. And, you know, it, for me, it always works where it's like, I need to at least make this skinny because that's part of what I'm going for. And then when I made that skinny, I had a big chunk on the end and I thought I was going to cut the chunk off and put like a piece of wood on it. But then I was like, oh wait, this chunk actually turns out to be a nice, perfect handle shape. So I formed that into like this kind of almond handle shape. And then when I started working on the forks, I started realizing it looks like a snake skin, you know? So, so many little discoveries and just giving myself this exercise to just freestyle and not not be caught up in the, what exactly is it gonna look like? And and I noticed, there's a, there was a lot of first-time blacksmiths there, and they're like, what are you making? What are you making? I said, I'm not sure. They're like, well, how do you, what are you making? I'm like, oh, mm. something sharp. I don't know what. But the idea of just like looking for the opportunity and the experiences is, is always so freeing and, and such a great learning experience. The thing yes. about when you hold a tool that was made by a blacksmith and you can see all the work that's done to it, you see the, the hammer marks and, and the shaping that's done, it looks handmade and it always looks so cool and you know you know there's a history to this yeah. thing. The disconnect for me is when I'm doing a woodworking project, I want no tool marks and I want everything to be sanded perfect and I want mm. the perfect finish. Right. And I don't I don't know if I have to get that's a really interesting yeah. concept to like think like just that a difference. Just a totally different world for me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is. I have an upcoming video with uh, with Bullet Bourbon and I'm gonna do barbecue tools. So for me this was just a practice thing, but I'm really happy with the way it came out and I'm gonna do three three barbecue tools with some bullet bourbon barrel wood involved. So this might just get like a wood above and below it with the rivets. So I'll basically do the same nice. thing for this one and then you know, do with tongs and then a bachelor have you ever made a and maybe this is maybe this is easy I, I don't know i'm not a blacksmith um have you ever made a ladle uh i've done similar things but yeah i, I understand the concept because i've watched guys make it i've done like little spoons but i've never done like a full ladle but yeah i, I mean totally making a, a shallow spoon seems like that might be an easier thing but making a deep soup like a bowl ladle thing yeah that seems yeah. like that would be really difficult. Like it might be an interesting challenge, you know, as you're if you're going from like knife to fork to you know, yeah. two tine fork to like maybe you make some crazy fork that has like forty five tines on it and then you go to a spoon or something. But yeah. Um that, that seems like that would be difficult. Yeah, know. yeah. No, but uh, my learning as a blacksmith is something I've obviously keep talking about and I made some leaps and bounds in the last two weeks and you know, yeah. developing the confidence to be able to like kind of create a little vision or at least a vague vision and then go for it is, you know, that's just developing your confidence in understanding materials and getting better and better at understanding materials, knowing what to do when you do this, this is what happens in doing that. That's what happens. And, you know, it's just that the learning never ends, but this week for me, it was rewarding to get a couple of objects done. You know, like, like I said, kind of just, you know, broadly shooting in a direction and then focusing it as I go. And, and just the learning is just amazing. It's fun. You know, that's why we do what we do. Yeah. Um, real quick, before we go, I never said what I was doing this week. The video that's coming out this week is a, um, at the office, we made like a feature wall and we wanted to, when you go into the big room, looking into the CNC room, we wanted that wall to look cool. So we cut out these panels to go like kind of circuitry looking, you know, angular panels that are lifted off the wall so there's a spacer that's foam and then there's this panel and so we have this big wall covered in these things and i needed it to have or wanted it to have a function or do something so we ended up coming up with uh, getting an air quality sensor and writing some basic arduino code that's now checking the quality of the air inside the room that has the laser in the cnc oh, wow. yeah and then based on the air quality it changes leds on the outside of the room that are wrapped around the the door frame. what so from the outside, you can see the air quality inside the room because we keep it shut. And so if there's ever if those lights turn yellow, that means you need to go in there and 
figure something has stopped working, huh. you know, because the filtration and the dust collection work well enough that it's good air quality. But if that turns yellow or red, then we have a problem. Yeah, so that's it's pretty brilliant. cool, and it totally works. Also, yeah. I want a CNC room. So. <laughs> yeah. I feel pretty lucky that we have a dedicated place that's that we awesome. can put those. Have you tools. had any? That's, that's pretty great. Now that you're in this building for a couple months, have you had any thoughts of moving the woodworking tools there, or are you still? No, that stays at home. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a different yeah. thing, and I mean I think I could see a future where a future like I mean a distant future where we build another building because I bought the lot next to the. The mm-hmm. building as well. So there's an empty lot right there. So I could see a future where maybe we build a building there that becomes like a video shop. That is my shop moved into a place that's specifically built mm-hmm. for shooting video. But I could also see uh, not wanting to afford, you know, put the money at building a building, right. <laughs> <laughs> or 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 needing that building for something else. You know, I'm that space for something else. So I, that's not a plan, but I could I could see maybe that happening someday. Anyway, that's what I've been up to. Um, you guys got anything else? Hmm. Hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe oh. I'll mention that that thing that I didn't want to mention earlier in the after show. Mm-hmm. Because the after show is a secret after show that only secret. people who support us on Patreon get. That's right. So if you want that after show where I may or may not talk about a thing that you don't know about, you can go to patreon.com slash making it and join up and get that after show. Or you can just support us. Or not. You don't have to do it at all, but there are a bunch of people that do, and we're very grateful for them. Uh, top supporters over there are Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, You Can Make This Too, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, Rich at Low End Designs, Odin Leather Goods, and Full Steam Designs. And there's a bunch of other people like Ken Baker and and David Tanner. There are other people that support us on thank Patreon. You, thank you. They're also awesome. There's a whole bunch of people, and we get messages from them on Patreon all the time about the show and, you know, tell us what they're working on and ask more questions about what we talk about here and stuff. And they all get the after show. So if you want to do that, go to patreon.com slash making it. Or don't. Oh, crap. What? You didn't pick, I have You didn't nothing. get a pick, did you? I have you? nothing. Well, I'll go. I have okay. one, so I can go first if you want. So um, there's a guy who I, I, say, I will say is a friend of mine. He's, an, he's a very nice guy. His name is Zach. Zach has a channel called Bite-Sized Engineering, and he is one of our, our Patreon supporters for I Like to Make Stuff. He's in the Maker Alliance. He's around our Discord server a lot. We've hung out with him at WorkbenchCon uh, before. Very nice guy. Very smart guy. He's an engineer, hence the name Bite-Sized Engineering. But he has made... You've probably seen some of his videos because he made like a gigantic Arduino that's like three feet square and he made a giant raspberry pie and they work. So he's done a bunch of stuff like that, but he put out a video recently um, that's called my story in one take unedited. And it basically, he just talks about his life over the last few years about him and his wife uh, have, you know, like moving from one place to another and then uh, getting pregnant and then losing the baby and then losing a job and then COVID and, having babies and, uh, you know, it's, it's a very personal, this is what my life is, has been. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Um, this is what my channel's for. And he's a good guy. So go show him some love and, uh, just check out the video. I mean, it's, it's just a good look into somebody's life that does YouTube stuff, but you know, a lot of our personal lives, like they have no business being on YouTube or we never want to put them on YouTube. And so, it's interesting to see somebody like this just take a step into, you know, sharing a little bit about themselves in a place to kind of identify with people. So it's good stuff. Go check that out. Um, what you got? I I just texted you guys a video, and I, I forgive me for saying this wrong because I think it's I think it's in Vietnamese. Mister Ho Tan Chi. It is a channel. Uh, this guy makes things out of the landfill in some cases. In this case, he found a jet ski. Derek is great at finding like the most obscure great videos but this is what youtube is really for and he finds a jet ski that was on the 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 shore that is from a fire and he takes it apart and utilizes the hull of the jet ski and rebuilds the motor and makes his own boat out of it and it's unbelievable 
how he revives this motor. He obviously is an engineer and knows what he's doing when it comes to engine, small engine repair. But he he basically restores the engine and then <laughs> takes the whatever's left of the hull and uses it to make the a new shape boat. is amazing. Great, great. <laughs> Dangerous. Yeah, it's great. And he the screens are old computer screens, old LC, L, LCD computer screens. Yeah, so check that out. It's 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 really it's like basically the heart of what YouTube is yeah. about. And he does a great job. And the video's it's, got 14 million views from seven months ago. It's crazy. Like the first picture of the boat or of the jet ski, it's just like a, you wouldn't even know it's a yeah. jet ski. It has it's like just plants like a growing disaster. out of it. It's a disaster. <laughs> and he wow. does, he finds these engines that were underwater and he takes them apart and repairs them. Oh, wow. Crazy. That's wild. Okay. Cool. So I went from none to two. I uh, th- these oh. are two channels that are kind of similar, and they're about doing artsy patterns and text effects and Illustrator. And I've been trying to get a little bit more artsy with my vector designs. And one is called Panther, but there's a space between each letter, so P A N T E R. And the other one is Nobu Design. They both do some really cool Illustrator stuff that I didn't even know that you could do, and it, I find them inspiring. So I will put them in the chat, Bob. Awesome. Well, um, if you guys don't have anything else, we'll go do the after show. It was a secret after show. Yeah, I'll take that silence says that you don't have anything else. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. No. Oh, what? Hello? No, I just said no. I oh, keep no. I keep muting myself because I I'm like coming off a cold, so I've been like sniffly and sneezy. Gotcha. Oh, I'll tell you about a, a an annoying cold situation as of yesterday that wasn't me in the after show. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Catch you next time. Thank you. Love you. <laughs>